Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to Sunday Talks. We are in a series that we're calling Christian Doctrine, and we are in the ninth of ten of these that we're going to do. So next week will be our last one in this season, uh, talking about the things that really lay the foundation for who we are as Christians, what we believe, and really why we believe these things. And today we're on a great doctrine, as all these have been, at least from my opinion, the doctrine of the resurrection. Uh, and we're going to talk about the implications of resurrection, uh, biblical and other evidences, hist- historical evidences of resurrection, and what it means for you and I personally. And so uh, we're going to dig into Scripture. A couple passages I want to start with. One is the great statement that Jesus made in John chapter 11. I love this. This is so awesome. Just so many, so many worship songs have come out of this, and just it just I cannot I try to envision what it would have been like to hear Jesus say these words for the first time. John 11, 25 and 26, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Uh, and he said that in the midst of a moment of death that he's promising life and and resurrection what a glorious statement that is what it means for us is that he is the resurrection we can live for eternity uh when we trust in him and everything that we believe i be, as christians really hangs on the resurrection all the, all of our other doctrines uh really are futile uh what we claim as christians if we don't if the resurrection is not real then uh, we really have nothing to say to to the world, we have nothing to say to ourselves. There's there's only hope for this life, and there's a great chapter in the Bible that deals with the resurrection, probably better than any other. And it's it's not one of the Gospels, but it's actually Paul's writing in First Corinthians chapter 15. And so, if you want to open a Bible there, uh, I'm going to refer back to this passage a few times. But in verses 12 through 20, I want to just read this uh, because I think it it just speaks well for itself. Uh, Paul writes, "Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead," How can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Let me say that again. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise if it, is, if it is true that the dead are not raised. If the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who are fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if, Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are, uh, of all people, most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. Just what a powerful statement. That whole chapter, again, the 15th chapter, deals with the subject of resurrection. Really to sum up, summarize that, that scripture, to me it says this, if, if he is alive, this changes everything. If the resurrection is real, then it changes everything. I believe that was the sentiment of the disciples on Resurrection Sunday, which we sometimes call Easter. I try to always refer to that as Resurrection Sunday because I think it better speaks to what we're celebrating. That sentiment that if he's alive, it changes everything was 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 felt by the women who went to the tomb, who probably in the hours after his death thought all that they had received, all that they had believed now was empty and vain. 
Uh, if he's alive, it changes everything. Uh, the resurrection from the dead is the greatest comeback story that ever was, and it, it's certainly in history. And so I want to dig into what the resurrection means uh, and as we and, and speak of, the, uh, of this meaning of this. Uh, one, one thing that it's not is that sometimes people confuse, and there's a lot of different ways they term this, and I'm not going to get into all those, but, but one, probably the most uh, subtle, is, is the idea that resurrection is simply reviving that uh, uh, people have been medically have medically died before, and they still do today, and then they are revived, they're resuscitated, and uh, they live after that. That's that may have happened to somebody even listening or watching this, but all those people who have been revived, they're going to die later. That they, they, they will face death. All human beings die. That's what's going to happen to us. That our bodies uh, age and 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 decline. But Jesus rose from the dead to never die again. He literally died. But resurrection means that we don't die again. So I'm going to give you a definition of, of really brought this together through several different sources of study. But uh, here, here's the definition. Resurrection is the restoring of real life after death by reuniting the body and soul without the possibility of future death. Let me say it again. Resurrection is the restoring of real life after death by reuniting the body and soul without the possibility of future death. And I'll break that down some more here in a moment. But the idea of the doctrine of resurrection uh, is significant because it's not just something that happened to Jesus, but the Bible tells us in other passages that we are also going to experience resurrection. Uh, Just a book that we just finished on Sunday mornings, the book of Daniel, we didn't actually get to this text, but it says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, Many of those who sleep are in, in the dust of the earth shall awake. And he mentions how, how that's going to happen. He says, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. He says, people are going to rise up from the dead. They're, they're going to have life after, the, after death. They're going to be resurrected. Some will go to heaven. Some will go to hell. The, the summary of, of Daniel 12. So what happens when we die? What happens when, when uh, believers die, when, when unbelievers die? The Bible teaches that we are, we are made up of body and soul. We're physical and we're spiritual. Upon death, those two are separated. The Scripture clearly teaches that. Our body goes to the ground or whatever we, has happened to us or we do with our, our bodies. Um, as, as a believer, our soul goes to be with God. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For unbelievers... Their body and soul is separated as well, and their soul goes to what the Bible refers to as Hades. Uh, and sometimes it's used in First Peter, he uses the term prison, that uh, these souls go to prison. And this is a place of suffering that believers begin to experience even before they're in hell uh, that, and, and to before they stand before Christ and are sentenced to the, to the torments of, of eternal hell. And so body and soul separated and this happens this happens in death one of the things that makes resurrection so radical for us to understand and, and put it in context of when it happened for Jesus is that uh, either this this is this was something that wasn't taught uh, uh, in those days when, when it ha- occurred for Jesus uh, the Jews did believe in a resurrection but it was going to happen at the end of the world and so it would not have happened when it happened for Jesus it would happen much later in fact you'll see that sometimes in, in Jesus' teaching, they'll refer to later on, but he's talking about in, in his lifetime, he was going they were going to see that. And then the rest of the world, for the most part, the pagan world, didn't believe at all in resurrection. It was not something to be po- considered to be possible. And so the idea that, that uh, 
Jesus would be raised from the dead just is made it even further impossible. It wasn't taught. In fact, N.T. Wright, a great scholar, said this about, about those days. He said, nobody in the pagan world of Jesus' day and thereafter, for, uh, for example, as well, that uh, actually claimed that somebody who had been truly dead had then come to be truly and bodily alive once more. So it just wasn't it wasn't taught it wasn't believed and so that's what makes it even more radical for it happened to happen to Jesus. But ever and ever since the resurrection of Jesus there have been countless skeptics who have claimed that this did not happen that Jesus was not raised from the dead. Uh, they have lots of different theories, a lot of different claims and again I'm not going to take time to uh, give uh, uh, time to, to the all of those uh, or any, really really any of those I want to just speak to the biblical evidence and historical evidence that we do have. There's plenty of biblical evidence of Jesus resurrection. Uh, one is that Jesus his resurrection was prophesied in advance. Uh, many of the Old Testament prophets spoke about Jesus as the Messiah coming. Isaiah specifically spoke about His birth and about His death and about His resurrection. And he did so 700 years before it ever happened. So there was prophecy pointing to this. Jesus Himself uh, predicted His death and His resurrection. He told the disciples over and over again on numerous occasions that He was going to die at the hands of men and on the third day He was going to rise from the dead. We know that Jesus did die by biblical accounts. There's evidence from, from the, th the writings of, of witnesses that, that were there that saw Him and then shared that with others. Uh, and, and we know this, that most of the men who went through what Jesus did, that kind of torture, died before they even got to the cross. But Jesus did die on the cross. Jesus was then put in a, in a, a marked tomb. The Bible tells us Joseph of Arimathea had donated that to, to the cause. And uh, so they could identify where it was. In fact, you go to the Holy Land today, I think you'll find, and I, I believe it, it was the garden tomb, which was the one that, that uh, he was buried in. But, but you can identify the place where he was buried. Jesus appeared after his resurrection physically, not just spiritually. Sometimes people will claim, well, Jesus after the resurrection was just a ghost. It wasn't, it wasn't. So there's, they, they even, even gives uh, credit to, discredits the, the idea of what resurrection really is. But uh, he was not a ghost. People touched him. The Bible says that the, the disciples clung to his feet, that uh, Mary uh, held on to him. Remember, doubting Thomas uh, wanted to, wanted to touch him, and he touched the, the the hole in the side of his body where the spear had been to to prove that he was who he was. Jesus' resurrected body was also another evidence was that it was the same body that he had in his pre -re pre resurrected body, and the reason we know that is the disciples recognized him. Uh, they saw Jesus. Now we do know that there were times in in after the uh, resurrection. After, after uh, he, he had risen from the dead, we do know that some people did not recognize him. Uh, we know about the men on the road. We know about the women at one, one occasion that did not recognize him. And so I believe Paul addresses this, though, that there's something that happened to his physical body after resurrection that will happen to our bodies. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, again, he writes about this. He says, if, if it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body there's a natural body there's also a spiritual body so there's something transforming that took place to his actual body as it was resurrected and uh, this may have caused them to not fully understand who he was uh, jesus resurrection also is recorded in scripture not long after it occurred so mark the first writer of a gospel 
uh, had the eyewitness account of Peter, he writes that down. And so it's written down for the early church to have that for for uh, their, their uh, guidance and teaching. The early church, in addition, celebrated the resurrection almost immediately. Uh, in fact, they did immediately. They changed how they worshiped, when they worshiped. The Bible says that, that uh, in, in, again, in 1 Corinthians 15, it uh, gives us what was in the early church a creed that they would recite, that they would respond to. And it was, just says this in verse 3 and 4, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. He was buried and He raised from the dead on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And so they would repeat this, reminding themselves of the fact that this was a literal event that took place, this resurrection of Christ. Another evidence of, from the Bible that we have of Jesus' resurrection is the fact that Jesus' own family were, were converted after His resurrection. They, they came to believe that He was not just a prophet. He was not just a teacher. He wasn't a madman, that He was God. In fact, we know that His brother James began to worship His, his, his half-brother, Jesus, after the resurrection. So it was proof of the fact that He believed that Jesus had been resurrected. And even, even finally, that His bitter enemies believed in His resurrection. Saul of Tarsus, uh, that who wrote First Corinthians fifteen, we've been we've been referring to, uh, was a bitter enemy of Jesus, not only of Jesus but of of those who followed him. And after his resurrection, he went from city to city persecuting Christians. He he oversaw the death of many Christians. But when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, his life radically changed, and he began to worship him. He began to risk his own life to tell others about him. I don't know of a better evidence of the resurrection of how Paul, uh, how his life changed after meeting Jesus. But for those who who say, well, the Bible, they don't trust the Bible. Uh, there is there are many historians who refer to this time period. One of those, and the earliest and and probably the most well received, is a man named Josephus. He was born in 37 A.D., not long after Christ had ascended into heaven, and he wrote about the history, all, all sorts of history that happened for the Jews. In fact, I've got a I've got a uh, four volume set of this. If anybody wants to borrow, look at it. It's called the Works of Josephus. It's not. All of his works, but it's quite a few things there that just go back into the history of of the Jewish people. And in there, he talks about Jesus as a historical fact. And again, there are others who did the same thing regarding the resurrection. But beyond those things, there's further evidence which still speaks to us today of the resurrection. There's there's evidence that this is this is a real event that truly happened. Things that couldn't be explained apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. One of those is is that Jesus' disciples were transformed. You read about the disciples in the Gospels. And there are times that I know they were disappointing to Jesus. They were weak. They were timid. They were fearful. They were selfish at times, wanting to be the leader of the group or, or wanting to think only of themselves. But after His resurrection, Peter, Peter is the most distinct, distinctive one of these. He became a bold witness for Christ. Their lives radically changed after the resurrection. Again, pointing to the power of the Holy Spirit working in them just as it did in, in Jesus resurrecting His body. Jesus' disciples remained loyal to Him, uh, even to their own deaths. In fact, we know that at least 11 of the 12 disciples were martyred. They died for their faith. But not only them, but many afterwards have continued to be faithful to God, even in the light of the fact that they were going to die. You know, there have been many after Jesus came, false Christ who claimed to be the Lord, who claimed to be the Messiah, and they've come and gone. For the most part, most of them, uh, not long after they go, uh, their followers fall away. Their followers 
stop believing the followers go do something else oftentimes in shame and embarrassment they do this one of those in in recent times that i'm most familiar with because i was living nearby when this occurred many of you remember back uh in the 90s uh early 90s a man you won't remember him as this name but this is how i refer to him near waco texas called vernon howe he set up a compound just outside of waco Uh, he went by the name david koresh uh, there's been a lot of movies made about it, a lot of documentaries, and I've watched most of those because it was interesting to me because I was living in uh, south of Fort Worth when that happened. Uh, but a few years ago, I got to go back to Waco, and on the way back home, I drove by the compound. We actually went on, on site of where the compound was. There's hardly anybody there anymore. There's, there's one house there. there were, I, I read some things about it. There are a handful of followers who still believe his teachings, but most of them even will say, but he wasn't the Messiah. He's not who he claimed to be. They, they, they believe some of the things that he said, but they've all fallen away. But think about this. The, the massive number of people who believed Christ, the massive number who saw him and were eyewitnesses to him who continued on even to their very death. Uh, from the resurrection onward, uh, the church has used as its central theme the historical fact of the resurrection. We preach about it. It's, it's, it's a main part of our preaching. Since the resurrection of Jesus, we've seen that Christianity has exploded all over the earth. It's, it's a shame that there are still people in the world who don't know about Jesus, who've not heard the message of the gospel. But besides that fact, there are billions of people who have followed Jesus. They've trusted in Him. Many of those have lived and died. They, they've risked losing their livelihood to follow Him. They've risked their own lives. In fact, daily people are, are risking their lives. And every year, many people are martyred for being followers of Jesus. What greater evidence do we need to believe that, that, that this truly happened, this resurrection took place? So that's a lot of evidence of biblical, historical even transformation that's happening today. But what does it mean for us to us today as Christians? What are the implications for us? I'm going to suggest five, and this will be the last thing I'll share about the resurrection. One is I believe that because the resurrection is real, we truly believe that, that we can now we know we can trust everything that Jesus taught us. Because Jesus did teach about his resurrection. And so if he was faithful there, not only, not only that, but the, the fact that the whole Bible speaks about this event taking place, that all of the Scripture can be trusted. We can trust God's Word. He's proven to be faithful and right in this area, and so we can trust Him in other things, and particularly in those things that He prophesied about and the prophets spoke about that haven't yet happened because this one happened and many other things they said happened. We can trust Him in the things that are to come in the future. And the fact that He's resurrected, He's alive and well today, we can trust what Paul writes in the New Testament about the fact that he's accessible to us, that uh, we, have, we have an intercessor who is on, on our behalf praying for us and, and interceding for us, and we can go to him in our time of need. The resurrection for us also gives us this great encouragement that he's coming again. He promised that. In fact, the angel said after he ascended to heaven, the one that you see going up, he's coming back again. And so we live in light of that promise that he's going to return. We, we can trust in that. And we know because Scripture teaches that we've also that we have risen with Him. This resurrection for, was for Him, but also the power uh, rests with us now as well. Paul taught this that with the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead by the Holy Spirit is now residing in us, and we have this power available to us. Because He died and rose again, we have the confident assurance that His sacrifice that He offered on our behalf was received by God. Think about that. If, 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 if his sacrifice wasn't enough, 
I don't think Christ would have returned. I don't think that he would have been brought back. But the fact that he came back victorious over sin and death, he came back. And so it's a reminder to us every time we think about our own sin is that this was accepted by God. It was The sacrifice was sufficient to save us. We are the people of the resurrection. His, his resurrection can, did change everything. We celebrate every Lord's Day. We celebrate the resurrection. The fact that we worship on a Sunday and not on a Saturday as the Sabbath of the Old Testament was. We've changed the day we worship. Uh, we celebrate this. And we do it annually once a year. Uh, as we're going to do it this year in April, we call it Resurrection Sunday. When we celebrate the fact that Christ rose from the dead and all the implications that go with that, it's a very crucial doctrine of our faith. And it's something we can celebrate and be excited about, and we should be. And I would believe this. Somebody said this one time that you know, we, we, Jesus marks time. We have B.C., before Christ, and A.D., in the year of our Lord. We, we celebrate that by what we believe is His birth or nearby His birth. And so there's times before His birth, there's times after His birth. But the reason we do that is not because he was born, but because he died and rose again. The resurrection is what changed everything. The fact that he rose again is why we, why we mark time by that. But the reason that we worship him is because of his resurrection, not because of his birth. And so it is a radical uh, doctrine that we need to understand, embrace, and we need to celebrate and share it with others. Again, I want to always thank you for joining us for Sunday Talks. I know I usually end abruptly. I come to a screeching halt because I want to honor our time Next week, uh, we're going to conclude this season of, of Sunday Talks uh, by talking about the church and what role we have in this kingdom work that we're called to. If, if this is a benefit to you and you enjoy it, I do appreciate you sharing it with others and letting me know as well. Hope that you have a great week and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for Sunday Talks. <music>